0: hello and welcome to the super show podcast i am your host today alex jones and joining me as always is the man who knows a lot more about gaming than i do is jamie how are you doing sir
1: oh i'm doing very well and i hope i'm able to bring that knowledge because you know if sometimes feels like in this podcast we have to wait a couple of weeks for the news cycle to roll around again unless uh, to actually have interesting things to talk about and boy howdy jonesy um, have we got some some stonkers this week?
0: We've actually got some great news. Um, sometimes it is a little dry. We've had a few dry weeks uh, in the last few months, quite a few of them actually. But today we get to talk about some proper tasty uh, video game news because we are going to be talking about Grand Theft Auto finally uh, getting a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6. Um, is it weird for me to call it Grand Theft Auto? Do people now think I'm strange? Should I say GTA? Everyone's going to look at me like uh, a am no, man. No,
1: no, no. There was a moment just then when I heard you saying Grand Theft Auto out loud and I was like, that doesn't sound right. Um but technically no, you're just being proper. You're you know, you're hosting a podcast, Jonesy, and you're being prim and proper, and I love it.
0: Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Um we're also going to be talking about the Game Award nominations, uh the Game of the Year Award nominations for um twenty twenty three from the what are they even called? The game the game awards. The game awards yeah, you, game of you, the year got to- nominations. You, got, you actually got it right. You
1: called them the Game Awards successfully at your first attempt.
0: Nice. Look at me. Like a professional. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about the OLED uh, Steam Deck, which has been announced and will be coming out very shortly, as well as a couple of other stories that we hopefully will get to, but we'll just have to see how it goes, because often we talk a lot about very little so we'll see how we do um if you couldn't tell already we are a video game podcast we are on youtube and twitter you can reach out to us at super show pod we're also across all of the major podcasting platforms i'm talking spotify itunes google podcasts but we are also on PaisleyRadio.com thursdays at 10 p.m repeated mondays at 10 p.m if you wanted that old school radio feel you didn't want to have control you wanted to relinquish that particular aspect of your life and just listen to our Soothing sounds as we talk at you about what's going on in the world of gaming. Um, mm.
1: Yeah, you know, I like to think they're so soothing that there are people who don't even speak English who tune into this, who are just sitting I there love thinking, "Love that." I don't, yeah, I don't know what these two rich voices are talking about because I can't understand a word they say. But the tones alone are, are getting me through li- my life. I do not out do- there in.
0: I don't Hang know on. what they are saying, but I love it.
1: See, Josie, you kinda of backed yourself into a corner now because now I need to ask you which accent that was. And yeah, depending on I, what answer you give me and the colour of that person's skin, you could be in real trouble here.
0: I think I was going for like I th- I think I was going for like Atlantic, Mexican, Pacific, North Islander, uh I don't like across the you know, straddling the world, because it was all over the shop, if I'm being honest. So I don't know. It I was a little know. bit... I it, don't know.
1: It did have a it did have a little bit of vote for Pedro. It kind of tapped okay. away something oh, okay. in the there. There
0: you go. Yeah. I can't do that. I, I'm not going to just go trying to do accents that I can do, but I think I can do Scottish and South African pretty well, but I can't really do many others, if I'm being honest. So...
1: Do I dare to ask you to say the next sentence that you're going to say in a Scottish accent? <laughs> no, just to so no. verify. Okay, no,
0: I'm not okay. going to do it because then what I will get is people saying you can't do this accent. So you think you can do, and then I'll feel sad and bad about myself, and then I'll cry, and then I'll eat a whole tub of ice cream um, that I shouldn't do because you know trying to trying to be good at the moment, trying to lose some weight. Then I'll just eat, na- go to town on some nachos, hot dog, uh, drink beer like till you know liters of the stuff, and it'll be. Nasty. I mean. Message. I think
1: you should let yourself do that anyway, Jersey. I think you should be living your best life because I think you've earned it. But by the same token, you're right. There are actual Scottish people who listen to this podcast. That's a verifiable fact. Um and we don't want to incur their wrath by mocking their accent.
0: No, we don't. We don't, we don't want we don't want it, um uh you know a Mel Gibson situation. Although I, see, I I thought he was pretty good to be fair. I thought Mel Gibson did a What? When you oh, when you compare Sorry I Oh god! Okay, (laughs) what?
1: I've got the complete wrong end of the stick here. Never mind, Uh, because we were at the beginning of the conversation about accents. I was warning you not to do certain accents because it might be considered racist, depending on you know which part of the world you go to and which accents you take on. And all of a sudden, with you off the back of a conversation about racism, you start (laughs) talking about Mel Gibson, and you said something along the lines of, "I thought he was actually pretty. I I you know he was. I thought he did a pretty good job actually." I'm like, Joji, did you hear what he said in those phone calls?
0: No, no. Did let, you hear let, let me re- let me just clarify. I'm talking about the uh, the turn he did as uh, Braveheart, as um w- William Wallace, isn't it, in Braveheart with this Scottish Indeed, accent. Yes. I am at no point making any reference to any phone calls that he may have made, you know, to ex-girlfriends, no matter how angry he was, specifically with talking Scottish accent. I thought he did alright with the Scottish accent in Braveheart. Um when you compare it to some other accents that you get from actors i thought he did a a pretty decent job
1: he did a he did a passable enough job i'd say there are definitely worse scottish accents out there um but i have now learned the hard way to be very wary the next time i receive a voicemail message from you
0: yeah just delete delete straight away You know it's Mm -hmm. not going to be good. Um, But definitely don't delete the chat, Jamie, because right now we have got some absolutely amazing, awesome people that are uh, chatting away with us. They're watching us live over on YouTube, as you can do every week, uh, usually on a Monday, today on a Tuesday. Um, But I'm going to give a shout out to some of those awesome people right now. Um, And lots of them have different accents to us, but I'm not going to do their names in their accents because I don't know their accents. And even if I did, I'd probably butcher them. Uh, so, I want to give a shout out to Magni, Rodrigo, 69DJ, Classy Cat, uh, and a Funky Penguin. Oh, also the Mushroom. Or the Mushroom. I'm sorry, Mushroom, not Mushroom. It came out because Mush and Room seemed to go together better than Mushroom. Mush? Mushroom. What is a... But Mush isn't a word. No, Mushroom is the thing from um, uh, Minecraft. That's what was in my brain.
1: Oh, okay. So you know what? You have young children, I'll allow it.
0: Yeah, apparently it's what happens when you feed a cow mushroom broth, it becomes a mushroom, or some shit, I don't know.
1: See, like, I'm glad that there are games out there that are constantly being updated and more and more content is being added and every six months you can look, look forward to these massive change logs and kids can get excited, <laughs> whether it's, you know, Chris and his, his, and his Dota 2 updates or whether it's No Man's Sky and... And you know all the incredible amount of features they continue to add to that title. But when you get to a point where you sat around a table and you determine the next direction to take your game is is deciding what happens when you feed a cow what was it mushroom stew or something I believe so then I think you've gone too far.
0: I love the idea as well that there are meetings where people in suits sit around and talk about that stuff because you know it happens. But, um, but yeah. yeah, oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, at the tippity top of Microsoft, the CEO of Microsoft sits down and says just a little thing to get this meeting started what how do people feel about the word
0: mooshroom mooshroom god damn it bill you know i don't like puns <laughs> then it just goes oh hell breaks loose bill gets fired um there's another couple of people i want to say hello to because they've actually just piped up and said hello neil d defender 731 uh says what well, finally have time to join a live pod so that's uh, very cool that you're here welcome um but um, with all of that
1: said, i was, I was going to say in my mind, and nothing that this person goes on to say will change it. The Neil D in the chat currently, right now, is American singer songwriter Neil Diamond of Sweet Caroline fame. Um, and so I say, welcome Neil, and thank you for the tunes.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for the... I don't know if I've ever heard a Neil Diamond song, but there we go. I must have done. You, you know, sweet. Sense? You've sung Sweet Caroline, let alone no. Oh, sweet of course I have. Yeah, I don't think. I've yeah, heard yeah him him singing it though uh, no one at no one actually ever has people yelling it loudly drunkenly
1: but, yeah
0: exactly um something people will yell loudly and drunkly soon will be their praise for the fact that Grand Theft Auto Jamie has finally uh coming out with a, a trailer for GTA 6 I'm going to start abbreviations now because it's too long-winded to keep saying it. <laughs> GTA 6 is going to have a trailer. It's coming next month. Um, we've obviously had uh, a little bit of controversy when it comes to GTA 6 because we've had some alpha footage leaked and there's been people speculating about what we're going to see, the way the game's going to be set up. But we don't have to wait long. And finally, something is going to be shown to us that we can say is official and we don't have to wait too much longer to seeing what that how that is actually going to look um, because it's going to be... Oh my goodness, I've started this sentence and I haven't done where to finish it. We haven't got a date yet. There is no date yet. Okay. So that's okay.
1: No, no. We we just know early December, which of course has inevitably led to some speculation that the aforementioned game awards might be involved. Uh, obviously they are taking place on Thursday, the seventh of December, and are a big old hub um for, you know, all kinds of trailers and reveals and things like that. Um, So I think it's very possible that we see them at uh, GTA 6 at the Game Awards, but I also think it's hilarious that we might not see GTA 6 at the Game Awards because whether it's the day after, the day before, even in the same week, even being the same month, like there are probably people right now who are actively trying to pull their trailers out of the Game Awards because no one wants to be anywhere near what is probably going to be like the fastest viewed media trailer of all time in my guesstimation. I don't even think that's a wild guess. Or a wild prediction.
0: That another no, that, you know, I think you're spot and that's so true. I didn't even think about that aspect of it, but people are going to genuinely be uh, like crap in their pants about how this is going to go down. I, I would, I would imagine that there's no way GTA Six trailer is at the Game Awards unless the trailer is dropped by Rockstar before the Game Awards, because we know Rockstar are like they're right. not they're not going to want to put it as part of someone else's show. They're going to want to put it out themselves first. But I could see them being like, hey, it's already out there. Jeff, you can show it at your at the uh, Game Awards. Yeah, Um thats that a good comes, point. Chances it comes out before the seventh of uh, December, not very high, right? Well, but th- then they do say early December, and of course, if you
1: if you're not out by the seventh, then you've kind of only got the most of or some of the following week to get it out. Like, it's very it's hard true. to say. Um, true, but I think you make a good point. Like, Rockstar were, of course, the company that always famously. Uh, Stayed clear of even the biggest events in the industry, like E3, you know, as part of uh, video gaming podcasts and gaming channels over the years. We have been the people that have had to sit there every May or every June of every single year and answer comments, whether it's on live stream ones or in YouTube comment sections or, or Discord servers, saying, no, I promise you, Rockstar will not be at E3 in any real capacity. <laughs> Obviously, there have been, like, asterisks as to that statement in the past, um, certainly for smaller projects. Um, but
0: this is not a small project. As it turns out not, this is definitely not a small project. Um, it is also obviously makes sense because uh, next month we have the 25th anniversary of Rockstar Games. Um, and Sam Hauser, co-founder of Rockstar Games, uh, said in a statement, thanks to the incredible support of our players worldwide, we have had the opportunity to create games we are truly passionate about. And of course, uh, GTA as a series is, is I mean, if it, it is at the top realistically it is at the top isn't it so there yeah go. i mean it makes it's, total sense it's a, it's not just at the top of top of the
1: you know the uh top of the pole for rockstar it's at the top of the poll for for video games like i said like this is gonna be gargantuan you know we, we talk about people trying to stay clear of the trailer i would not be in the least bit surprised if there were um if it most major publishers around the world there had already been meetings or a or a gathering of minds where they've tried to make best guesses as to where GTA Six might land on a on a, on a release schedule, and just saying to themselves, if we can avoid releasing our video games within, you know, unless they're very obvious counter programming, you know, like a Paw Patrol game or a whatever the big <laughs> game, uh, whatever the fuck it's called, um, like everyone's gonna stay clear of it because yeah, it's 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 monumental, which kind of makes the nature of this. Rollout or the, the nature of the way that they've confirmed this trailer is coming makes sense because on the one hand when you are as big as GTA you're going to do things in a very different very unique way but on the other hand it does feel strange um, to have you know an, an official statement from one of the founders of the company saying hey and by the way we're going to release this trailer in you know at the time of the announcement it was a, it was around about a month away that that never normally happens and I guess that's just testament to how strangely capable Rockstar are purely because of the swagger they have as a company, but also because of the strength of their IP and their and their and their titles, that they could just do whatever they want. They don't have to o- operate conventionally in video game terms. They like where they go, people will follow. You know, they could they could resurrect MySpace to announce <laughs> GK six and MySpace would momentarily be the most visited website on the internet, you know?
0: Uh yeah. Nah, they actually could. You're right. They they seem to have more clout and more um, power when it comes to sort of video games than anyone else. But I, it is. I, I maybe I'm wrong in saying this. But I seem to remember for GTA V they had a trailer trailer, like they had a trailer to announce the trailer, and it was like the trailer's coming in this many days. Or was it? Or was it a website with a countdown to the release of the trailer?
1: There was like definitely a oh, GTA five, There was definitely a website because I remember seeing the GTA V logo. With the V, where kind of yeah. like it's got the the you know the, the the dollar note sort of like inflection and a small animation. I feel like I remember seeing that prior to a trailer, and I also remember uh, what but the first trailers for both GTA five and Red Dead Redemption Two did is they weren't uh, super transparent about um, things like player characters or protagonists. Obviously, GTA five when you rewatch the trailer, when you rewatch it now, does feature shots of Michael and does feature a voiceover from Michael. But when yeah. you watch that uh trailer for the first time you're not 100 sure that's who you're going to be playing as i think there's a shot of franklin in there but it's not like apparent that he's going to be the player character and oh. i'm pretty sure trevor's n- nowhere near that trailer and same with um the very first trailer for red dead redemption 2 where i think you see a shot of arthur morgan from the back and you hear his voice but like you don't know who that's going to be it's going to be interesting. And this now gets maybe into kind of predictions territory or what we expect to see territory. But it's going to be interesting to see Rockstar make a trailer from the position they're in. That being, following the leaks, the audience knows more than they perhaps ever have before about the world and the characters we're expecting to see in this upcoming title. You know, it's not as much of a mystery because of those leaks.
0: No, which is surprising because they are usually so good at keeping everything close to their chest and not giving anything away. And like you said, when they drop a trailer, usually like early on, the trailer is more about like world building and you have no idea about what the game's like, who the, who the protagonists are. Um, yeah, they, I don't think uh, they were pressured into like releasing stuff early than they hoped. But as you said, we've already seen some alpha build stuff. We've already had some silly comments from people saying about how it doesn't look very good, even though it's like dev footage. From really yeah. early on, which is obviously not a game, it's not playable, it's not supposed to be, um, you know, you've got no idea about what iteration and for what reason you're looking like. Are you in debug mode looking at something and people are there going, oh, I don't want to play this if this is what it's going to look like? like don't worry, man, it's not going to look like that. Just, you know, give them time to to finish the actual game. Oh, yeah. Before you get a bit...
1: Yeah, games fun. looking like games is sometimes the very last thing that happens beyond, like, you know, you know polishing and bug fixing and, and QA and all that kind of stuff, because... It's like anything else. Like, why why would you develop a game? Why would you wait till the, the point where a game looked like the final product to start developing it? When the thing that you fundamentally need to get right first is the game itself, you know, in terms of you know mechanically speaking and technically speaking, it's very easy to you know you know depending on your art pipeline to make things look like look like the dog's bollocks right at the very end. Um, but if you made something look like the dog's bollocks and it played like absolute shit, um, then you know you've got things slightly the wrong way around. You know you're a bit <laughs> yeah. back
0: in front, yeah. Your priorities are not in the right place, um, absolutely. Uh, we did possibly learn some stuff from the leaks, uh, the leaks though that inform us about what we might see and might do in the upcoming game. Um, in the shape of uh, Vice City seemingly being the location, um, that yeah. the game's going to be set and also featuring a female protagonist, which will be the first time for the series. Um, that, um, which I mean, nothing there is that surprising, right? Like, Vice City. Um, GTA Vice City was obviously awesome, fantastic, and we've seen expanded versions of previous worlds or previous areas that they've used before so, and Vice City was my favourite GTA game I think up to this point, so um, I'm, yes. I'm psyched to see a bigger well, Vice it, City. It,
1: totally, and like w- whether it's sort of like modern day Vice City or kind of th- a more of a throwback Vice City uh, uh, like Grand Theft Auto Vice City was you kind of get the, most, the best of both worlds right, because there's kind of like that Miami sort of vibe whether it's you know the music or the kind of the neon and the colors and the palm trees that everything kind of like coalesces to make something that has a really distinguished and and very clear and and very engaging kind of like sense about it but at the same time like even if you went full modern day and some of the kind of more uh, neon infused retro-ness of that Miami that we saw in the previous game was lost then you're getting into kind of like Florida man territory where it's just like the craziest motherfuckers on the planet are all from that part of the world. So if ever there were a place to set a GTA game, um, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, as you said, I'm very interested to see how they expand on that territory, If, if assuming, you know, the Vice City parts of those leaks and, and bits and pieces of information hold true. You know, that was interesting to see. Obviously, Los Santos was um, the focus of GTA five and originally featured as one-third of the map for San Andreas. So they really had to kind of like extrapolate out a lot of the work they'd done previously, and kind of it's always interesting to see how they sort of make it something that's an a, a homage to the map that came before it, or the you know, the city it's been as it's been represented before, and yet make something for modern modern standards. And that's again like that's the other thing that's really cool about some kind of like footage of GTA Six finally being real. You know, inside the next month is that it just. Every time we get talking about this game, I've just got questions running through my mind that are slowly but surely going to get answered about, you know, the, si- the size of the city is always a big thing. Like, we know now, over the last 20 years of open-world game design, that bigger isn't always better, and you don't want something that is, you know, gigantic for the sake of being gigantic, and if you can have more depth in place of that size, then that's the way to go. So how do they strike that balance? How do they build on some of the more kind of... um Emergent and out there and forward-thinking world design elements that were present in Red Dead Redemption Two, where you know things were slightly more dynamic and emergent gameplay could sort of rise. And how does that apply to an urban environment that is much more condensed um, than anything we saw? Red. So many questions, and even just having snippets of the you know a footage that might lean into some of the potential answers um, is a really exciting prospect. If you can't tell, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited.
0: I think really? I think you should be I think we all should be um one thing that is kind of weird to consider in some respects is um we're coming up for the 10th anniversary uh well sorry we are, we are at the 10th anniversary of, of um GTA 5 because it was released in 2013 um let me throw a few names at you BioShock Infinite The Last of Us <laughs> Fez okay. Super yeah. Mario World 3D um okay. Spelunky, The Stanley yeah. Parable Dota 2 These are all games that also came out in 2013. I think GTA V being such a behemoth, like one of I I don't think it's up there yet, but one of the most successful video games money-wise of all time with like GTA V Online. Obviously, people are still playing it, like in their millions. Um, We have lost from Rockstar since uh, you know two very important people on GTA V, Dan Houser and the Benz, have both left. Leslie Benzies yep. has also left. So you're talking designer and like main writer have left the company. Um, given the ten years, given how things have changed, given the people that have left, how do you think? What I suppose I'm trying to say, what like it would be so easy just to imagine basically GTA Five but in uh, um, Vice City. But I don't. Yeah. Think that's what it's going to be, is it? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think it's going to be? Not what well, is the game going to be like, but how do you think that's going to all go down? How do you think that's going to affect the product that we end up with? It's a good question. I think some people...
1: I think some having some degree of concerns about the um, the departures, or certainly the headline-grabbing departures from Rockstar, it, it is totally warranted. You know, when you lo- when you lose someone who was, you know, in the case of um, of Dan Hauser, one of the co-founders of the company, one of the chief creative forces behind the direction... That determined how they got to the place where you know games like GTA Five and Red Dead Redemption Two are possible. Yeah, it, it's very hard to lose a figure like that, um, and and still feel like you have exactly the same DNA. But I do feel like the majority of the Rockstar DNA will continue to be, be present and will continue to be visible um, in GTA Six. Purely because you know no one will be surprised to hear at this point that video games are not possible. No video game is possible without absolutely massive degrees of collaboration between huge numbers of people. And when you get to games like Grand Theft Auto 6, and we know this just based on Red Dead Redemption 2's credits list, its full credits list, you're talking about astronomical amounts of people. You're talking about thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people from all over the world who all... Again, assuming that Rockstar's you know hiring practices and Rockstar's you know pedigree and their the uh, the the way they set their sights on excellence haven't changed, you know all of those people are going to have been hired for a certain reason. They're going to have you know a talent set that suited the company or what the company needed or the direction that a project was going in. And most of the time, when you're talking about a company like Rockstar and a game like GTA, you're talking about people who are unbelievably passionate to be working on what they're working on. It's one of the biggest problems we have when we have with pushing back against crunch. Like, you tell a 19-year-old who's working on GTA 6 that they're crunching, and they'll tell you, I'm not crunching, I'm having the time of my fucking life. I'm working on, <laughs> yeah. like, my. I'm work. I'm making my dream game a 96 on Metacritic. Like, that is, I'm not, I'm, that's not a defense of crunch. I think crunch culture should, where possible, be eliminated. But that is the mentality you're dealing with. Yeah. And I think you're kidding yourself. If you know one or two people, even if the very tip of the tippity top of the company, were the people that were installing that degree of you know like know how or that work ethic in all of the thousands of people beneath them all over the world, like even when you go back roll back the clocks to 2018, Red Dead Redemption Two's release, you know the houses by that point, yes, they're still involved, yes, they're still you know creative leads on the project, but they're also millionaires. They're also you know millionaires. Millionaires that I don't know where they were living by that point, whether it was in the UK or whether it was in America. Like there are thousands of people, troops on the floor. All of those people are being managed. There are producers everywhere. There are designers everywhere. There are artists everywhere. When every single square inch of a video game is as finessed and as beautiful and as detailed and and as and as much care poured into it as it, as it as was the case of Red Dead Redemption Two, you don't mm-hmm. say. Oh shit, one of the co writers left. That's going out the window. You know, I, I genuinely think that will still be there. Um, the other thing that I think will still be there is, and, and I think this is evidenced by how long it's been since we've seen another Grand Theft Auto game, is that desire to constantly push the envelope. We heard and have constantly recalled stories of Red Dead Redemption 2's development about how many times they had to go back to the drawing board because they, when they presented it to the people at the, you know, the top of the mountain, and then they said, hey, like, you're just not pushing the envelope enough. You're not doing anything to make people change the way they engage with our games or change the way they engage with open worlds. The, this is a company that has slowed down its role dramatically over the passage of time because they always want to find something new. They always want to tap into what they think is the next big thing for, in their case, you know, third-person open-world action adventure games. And so far, you know, they've pretty much always been right. Um And so... I I, I'm sort of bereft of reasons to doubt them. There are reasons to have kind of inklings of doubt, but nothing major. Nothing that's going to stand in my way of my anticipation for this game. Um, there are other, you know, asterisks that people can and will throw in there and I think totally, they're totally valid. One of the big ones that I am not keen to address because it kind of scares me, is the potential uh, shift in focus on the, you know the main elements or the main sort of like what are the main creative driving forces behind GTA 6 in the wake of the success of GTA Online? That's a question I'm not ready to answer because I come to Rockstar Games first and foremost for the single player narrative driven experiences that they uh, that they create. Um but you know what I'm I'm not letting myself to be too pessimistic in that regard, you know, even with whether it was with GTA 5 and even even with Red Dead Redemption 2 when GTA Online was was singing, you know, um, and firing on all cylinders, they still put out one of my favorite single-player experiences of all time. They still had that buffer period, whether it was a creative decision or whether it was a business decision, I, I don't really care. They still had that weird buffer period where Red Dead Online took a little while to come out, so you almost had to play the single-player. Like, I think they do still care about that. I think mean, they do still know that that's what the majority of their fan base, um wants out of the gate. Um, and so, yeah, for all those reasons and more, I'm remaining optimistic and I and I just don't think there's gonna be a seismic change in um in in in, in the kind of rock star that we're dealing with and the kind of game they're gonna produce.
0: Um that's from the quality perspective, I think I totally agree with you. One of the one of the questions that I suppose like I listed to some of the other games that came out in twenty thirteen to you there. Um yeah. and if we think back about GTA and also um red dead like so for example when you consider gta we're from like gta 2 top down like very different gta 3 3d uh you know completely different concept than gta 5 was um uh you could switch characters obviously you had a much bigger um open world and gta uh, gta 5 online was obviously something that they'd never sort of done to that degree before um when you think about red dead redemption 2 and how much they jumped from red dead redemption one i'm thinking like the emergent gameplay aspect of you that you've got yep. they are often a company who really push forward with invi- innovative concepts and ways of approaching video game design um i have no idea what they're going to do with gta 6 like in that way is it just going to yeah. be mu- multiple characters again i don't think it can be like it has something else is surely going to have to be in there because i don't think they're a company which can sit on their laurels and not try amazing innovative especially when it comes to open world games, it's a hard area to push. But any any ideas? You got any sort of any inklings I don't. At all?
1: I don't. Because like you said, yeah, you're right. Like uh, when when GTA five rolled around, having three playable characters and being able to switch between them on the fly and, you know, that whole camera zooming out, Google Maps style and zooming back in, like those were kind of key features that they could tout at the time and they were a fairly big deal for 2013 um that kind of thing has become less and less a bigger deal over time and by the time you but when we're you know sitting here you know just a month or two after the um spider-man 2's fast travel system you know it's almost laughable to think that that was ever an exciting or engaging prospect i think we're going to see something more akin to red dead redemption 2 which is that it's not like they're going to try and get some you know, crazy feature that's going to be a bullet point on the back of the box and everyone goes I can't wait to see what X looks like it's just going to be delving further into the direction that Red Redemption 2 took their kind of, their ethos and their outlook on open world game design and trying to make something that's like more nuanced and more emergent and f- but feels more bespoke and more living and breathing than we've ever been ever seen done before on a, on, a, on a dense urban environment because I think one of the things that GTA will push up against, and this is another one of the kind of the slightly detracting um, elements in the mix here, is diminishing returns from video games in general, right? That is one thing that Rockstar can't be necessarily punished for. I saw a frightening tweet the other day that um, it was uh, showing uh, some, some screenshots of Crisis from 2007, which I think off the top of my head makes Crisis 16 years old. Um, yep. Yep. Um, and so and then there were screenshots next to it of what a game that was 16 years older than crisis Oh like. wow, okay. And, and of 1990, course, like that's... 1990. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. of course, that's totally unfair, but it is a reminder of like, holy shit, like there are... and, and so Rockstars, you know, when they think, you think about the battles that there are to be won given the, the landscape of video game development and diminishing returns, it's not about making the shiniest skyscrapers, or the roundest wheels on the Lamborghini knockoff anymore. Um, they will be expected to push the envelope a little bit, visually speaking, but you know, it, it's not just going to be about wiring people out of the gates. And so I do hope that, like I said, there is more of an emphasis put on kind of taking some of the ideas that were started in Red Dead Redemption 2 and taking them to the nth degree, so that when we sit down and talk about our time playing GTA um, 6, you know, in however many years' time, I don't want to guess... Um, and we're talking about things that happened to us, things that felt dynamic or unique to us in, in our experiences with that game. We're not all sitting down and realizing that we all met the same guy who'd been bitten by the same snake and we all sucked that same venom out of him and we all bumped into him again at the same gun store and he we, you know, he offered all of us the same free gun and so on. Like that was cool. And I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from Red Redemption 2, but like like I said, turn that shit up to eleven. Make everything more bespoke and more dynamic and more emergent, and make everything feel like it's systemic in a way that wasn't possible before. You know, systemic in a way that like we've never seen a Rockstar developer game for consoles this powerful. We've never seen Rockstar developer game for SSDs this fast. Obviously, they've ported games to PC before, but they've never made you know that primary, uh, you know, base title for anything this powerful. You know, whether that's you know. Again, the the density of the city, or like the the, the pedestrian systems and the traffic systems, or enemy AI, or whatever the case may be, like just just take it and run. Um, and I really yep. hope they do.
0: No, absolutely. I think I think the one thing that um, I I saw someone say that I thought that would actually be really cool, and I could see them doing it, would be almost to have like um, uh, two playable characters that you can jump between like GTA 5 but almost do like The Departed so one is in law enforcement and one is uh, a criminal and you sort of yeah. play both sides which I thought would be a really interesting sort of thing to do but no, I'm, I'm with you I think the idea of having an urban, living, breathing emergent world where you can you don't ever know what's around the next corner and you can interact yeah. with it fully and really engage with that world I think is, is, is yeah, a really exciting prospect but it doesn't we haven't got long to wait until we see the very first trailer? Like you said, we've got no idea how long until we have to wait for the actual game, um, and we probably won't see much in the trailer. Like, given that it's a first one, I would imagine, but uh, it's all to play for. GTA Six in t- exciting times.
1: Unbelievable! It feels surreal to say. Like, I'm. I think I'm. I'm. If I say what I'm thinking, then people are going to take the piss out of me. But like, I might actually be shaking by the time the trailer drops. Like. <laughs> it's are, not easy like Someone in desperate need of some crack.
0: It's funny because if you you talk about something like a lot of people were really excited for Starfield and we like, you know, this game's eight years in the making, kind of thing. But like, I don't mean this in a mean way to to Bethesda and to Starfield, but um, GTA Six feels like an order of magnitude more exciting than um, than like a Starfield or something like that. And it's and it's not much longer. Yeah. Um, although I say that now, but yeah, like I said, we don't know when it's actually coming out. So hopefully, very true doubts um but yeah anyway gta 6 exciting times can't wait um it's oh, also yeah. it's also exciting times though jamie um because we have some uh some patrons who support us over at Ooh. patreon.com which is very exciting um patreon.com forward slash super show and they've joined up for as little as two dollars a month they can access our discord and some of the higher tier levels you can access um other piece of content that we've got available and other videos you can watch something we put up recently was the spider-man 2 spoiler cast that jamie and i did after we both um platinumed that a couple of weeks ago so if you if that sounds like your kind of thing and you're not already signed up to the patreon maybe head over there have a little look at the different levels you can join up to and see if that um, floats your boat or like at the yeah the bottom level you can join um, the discord and you can chat to other like-minded gamers who might have opinions very similar to yours or do what i like to do find people that don't agree with you and then argue them or with them for ages because that's a lot more fun and you can yeah rile them up and be a bit of a troll which i do do sometimes not in the discord that's not what I mean. Just sit on the internet in general. Um, there are some people on screen right now, um, some lovely patrons, and I also want to give a shout out to some. Um, I'm talking Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Brimstone, Ice Dog Rock Salt, Jesper Camden Nielsen, Pastor's Guild, and the Big Dogs, the members of the board. I'm talking Brett Z, aka Shellshock, Geometric Potter, Haxorbach Greed, Manuel Guerrero, and He's Wad. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us, guys. Um It is humbling um, that we've had some support for so long from so many of you, and that is fantastic. Um, And thank you so much to all the people that join in the chat who drop comments, who um, just hang out and sort of say hello uh, and listen to the podcast on the podcasting platforms as well. Thank you so much. Here, here! What a wonderful group of folk. Indeed they are. Um, I know a wonderful dude as well who's very interesting and exciting and plays video games a lot. And that's you, Jamie, so Chris, I want to know. Chris left the... Oh, okay. I want so, to know yeah, okay.
1: what Chris, you Chris do. quit the podcast months month ago. He did,
0: I know. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what you've been playing or doing in the last week since we last caught Um,
1: I guess the only thing I really wanted to check in on, uh, in case anyone had any interest left in hearing about this game, was Modern Warfare 3, because obviously we had... Um, I, I don't think he, he, uh, either of us had played it at all last week, um, beyond the beta but we uh, covered the news stories where obviously it became clear that it was uh, not the uh, best-received Call of Duty game in recent memory. Memory, In fact, some were already touting it as potentially the oh, worst best. Call of Duty campaign, yeah, of the modern era. I think certainly it looks like it's going to be the worst reviewed to Call of Duty, um, perhaps ever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, naturally I had to, to dive in and, and see what the fuss was all about and to what extent I agreed with some of those uh, rather uh, 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 heady and and scary claims. Um, uh, the game came out uh, just this past Friday. Um, I have finished the campaign, um, and apparently I that's not um, that
0: hard. You might have yeah. sneezed and finished the campaign <laughs> and not realised. <laughs> oh, sad but true, Jonesy. Do you know what? It took me a little bit longer um, than I
1: think it took some people, but that's because, as you might have heard, Jonesy, these uh, that Modern Warfare Three has these radical new open combat missions. Um, And as someone who likes to faff around a little bit (laughs) when presented with open-ended, essentially more like stealth action sequences more than anything else, it probably took me a little bit longer than the three and a half hours that some people are touting. I totally believe that it's doable in that time. In fact, I know it's doable in that time. But I think my total runtime was probably closer to,
0: I think it's probably closer to five, you know? Right, Um, okay. But, th- uh, you, but yeah. you're right though. When you've got a game with um, like hub world sections or you know it's small open world areas, you can add hours to the the length of it just by like tooling around and trying stuff and seeing what's what and and yeah. um, not just sort of like going straight for the target. So I can t- I can imagine that people are spending six seven hours in this if they really wanted to drag that stuff out and replay missions and things.
1: Only, especially because it does keep track of things like. There are these uh, weapon caches that you're finding throughout these open combat missions, and every time you find something it lets you, you can retune your loadout to include certain things, even when you restart missions, you can set your loadout based on what you found before. So I'm sure there are going to be some completionists who have a grand old time with those missions. Um, That said, I think they ended up feeling a little bit lacklustre, like basically I think that it was an interesting idea that ran a little bit thin by the end of the campaign, in spite of how short it was. And when you combine that with the fact that I think the more traditional Call of Duty elements uh, of the campaign, as we discussed last week, are underwhelming, what you're left right. with is a pretty lackluster package. Is it the worst Call of Duty campaign uh, of the modern era? It's in the conversation. Um, there are there are just large parts of it that, especially as a you know fairly large, as I've made on this podcast before, fan of the Modern Warfare trilogy, both old, uh, both OG and 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 new. Um, uh, it, it was r- rather disappointing. There wasn't really much that I could get behind. Um, there were a few interesting moments, um, and one thing that I will say was a, done to a pretty high quality, probably because it was done externally and outsourced to uh, some <laughs> other company. Was the uh, was the CG cutscenes, right? And the cinematics that play between missions. They were, you know, of the standard you'd expect visually speaking. Um, but there were also story beats that I thought made no sense. That I, I thought there were twists that purely existed to give the campaign some sense of gravitas and justify its existence a little bit more, in spite of the fact that, in a lot of ways, the stakes at the end of Modern Warfare 3 are very similar to the stakes at the beginning of Modern Warfare 3, with a couple exceptions where a few loose ends were tied up in another pretty unsatisfactory way. Um, I think just to kind of get everything very black and white going into a potential fourth game, where like here are the goodies and here are the baddies. And if you can't remember who betrayed each other in Modern Warfare Two, don't worry because we've 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 cleaned it all up for you. Um, right? Yeah. Um, that, so, I I, 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 I'm yeah, I'm, I'm I'm disappointed. I guess is what I have to say. I think there were some interesting attempts. At trying to justify um, the existence of, say, the open combat missions, for example, uh, there's a point very early on. Well, it's funny we're talking about emergent gameplay um, and so on and so forth. There's a point very early on in the second open combat mission where um, where you're told to destroy a helicopter, and as you approach the area where the helicopter is, it's in kind of a courtyard, and you're at a building, sort of uh, just slightly further back from it, um, and you notice that there is a ramp going off the edge of your building, heading directly towards the helicopter, at about 30 feet from, back from that ramp, there is a truck, and next to that truck, there is a um, a box filled with C4 uh, <laughs> that it can be remotely detonated. Of course there is. Um, and so it doesn't take much to put two and do together and say, ah, Call of Duty wants me to throw C4 on the truck, jump in the truck, drive at full speed, jump out, send the car off the ramp, and blow up the helicopter. And I can tell you, as someone who did just that, unsurprisingly, blowing up a ac a, a C four laden truck as it flies into a helicopter is satisfying, um, but the fact that they have to funnel you towards those moments is, if anything, just another painful reminder that Call of Duty is at its best when those are the moments; those are the only kinds of moments you're getting. Yep. And you're when when you're running around vast otherwise empty areas looking for these what almost like um make your own make your own scripted sequences make your own set pieces right. moments you're like this isn't really working and then when you like you start looking at maps and you're like hang on a second if they like if they release a new warzone map next year that has you know these like locales from this campaign in it then it confirms every rumor and every conspiracy theory that you'll have heard about how quickly that game was made and how they reutilized assets from other game modes um so, it's a really frustrating thing that, as we, I think, largely concluded last week, even based off other people's opinions, um, shouldn't have come out in the way it did, either named the way it was named, or priced the way it was priced, or released the way it was released. You know, everyone's going to draw a different conclusion. But a frustrating package that I will also say, having now played uh, all three components, is not even necessarily saved um, by the multiplayer or the zombies. We were chatting in the Discord about whether or not you should pay $70 for this game um, if you want to play the multiplayer, and I think my response was that I can't, in good faith, recommend you know one-third of a video game at, at a $70 price point. Um,
0: that was going to be my really question, short, yeah. to be fair. And, and what's annoying about that is, as well is that I, I swear there was a time when it seemed like um, the COD games were going to effectively be compartmentalised into these different areas, and you'd be able to like buy just the single-player bit, just the multiplayer bit, and that would actually probably at least... I remember that rumor, yeah. ...would have made more sense if that was an option when you were coming into a game like this, because maybe you sort of say to yourself, do you know what? I don't want a a three-and-a-half-hour campaign uh, tied to a multiplayer um, and a Zombies mode. How would you... So having played the Zombies mode and the multiplayer, how do they stack up to a past games? Um, I actually saw saw two people uh, on x one suggesting that the zombies was the best they've ever seen and one suggesting that the zombies was the worst they'd ever seen so and they were completely unrelated so they weren't like comments on the same thing the so, zombies is going to i think like split opinions depending on what people
1: want from zombies some people want them more traditional round based hunker down and secure a location and slowly build out from that there you go you're not going to get what you want oh uh, well, this is well, i was okay no um so did you play DMZ in the in Warzone
0: 2.0? No. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: yeah. So war, zombies in Modern Warfare 3 or I think it's called Modern Warfare Zombies, MWZ is a cross between DMZ and zombies. So right. you 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 get dropped into the middle of a, a a gigantic map that I gather might be the next Warzone map in about a month's time gigantic map, uh, you're running around, you are looting the same way you did in DMZ, there are like, t- t- tiers of like, gas and with like, difficulty where like, um, and so it like, all the things that you noted know from zombies, like perk machines, like a pack-a-punch machine, is now like placed inside a building, inside what is, what is essentially a Warzone map right. so you're running around an open world killing zombies, doing contracts like you do in Warzone or DMZ but they're all zombieified, and finding you know sort of zombies you know hallmarks or trademarks like perks just around the around the environment there are interesting ideas because obviously DMZ had some interesting ideas like it's kept the idea of having contraband weapons that you lose if you die and having to ensure certain weapons and having to exfil to get out with what you've got so anyone who played DMZ is going to be somewhat familiar with like kind of the risk re- risk reward system that they've got going on or You might sort of go on a few runs to build up a a cache of resources so that you can then go on deeper or more difficult excursions. There are missions as well that you can do that seem to be broken up into acts with cutscenes that are supposedly going to have some kind of story element to them, but I haven't got that far to see any of them yet. For me, it's fine, but I know that some people don't want um, a gigantic open-world zombies where a map made for Warzone was retrofitted for a DMZ-infused Zombies mode. Like, it, I think it's fine, but it's not what some people are going to want.
0: Um, I'm going to go as far as to say the there hasn't been a better Zombies mode since uh, Nazi Zombies in World of War.
1: That I mean, I the, kind of agree. Zombies mode, but I, I really got so, But But there are Zombies fanatics out there. I live with a Zombies fanatic who, like, knows the names of, like, the maps and the characters and, like, watches these two-hour, yeah. like, lore videos... Um, like there are big-time zombies fans out there and zombies creators out there, um, on the YouTube side, on the social side. So I don't know how you know history is going to remember Modern Warfare Zombies. Um, but it, as with a lot of this game, it feels like Treyarch were probably working on a couple of things, and it was this is a you know a cobbled together mix of what Treyarch were working on and what. Assets were lying around, and what maps they had here, and what ideas they had there. And right. um, luckily, the the, the 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 multiplayer doesn't feel like that. But as anyone who's seen the multiplayer even briefly will will be able to recognise, it doesn't feel like that because it's so heavily built upon Modern Warfare Two. And the smart, if anything, the smart decision about the multiplayer in Modern Warfare Three is they just kind of took Modern Warfare Two, tweaked it a little bit. And changed all the most unpopular things that Modern Warfare 2 did. It's so like visual visual recoil is drastically reduced, so it's much easier to see who you're shooting at. Um, you know, just things like the the loadout system was simplified. Like, there's no weapon tuning anymore. You just put attachments on. Like, you don't need to tune those attachments when you get them leveled up. Um, if you fire a weapon that's not silenced, a red dot will appear on the mini map. Like, basically, Modern Warfare 2 tried a bunch of things to kind of shake things up and Modern Warfare 3 is the game that gets to step back out into the spotlight and say, hey, we fixed all those things you didn't like that we changed last time, which is another way of saying we just reverted back to the things we knew you always liked, which, by the way, is also what they did in the maps because every single map in this game is a remake of a map from the original Modern Warfare 2. So they picked the most popular game in the series, or one of the most popular games in the series, remade the maps. So, like... (laughs) the. The multiplayer component of this package was, in some ways, win-win, but it's just by virtue of how um, unwilling it was to take risks and how many easy wins it was like, let's really quickly do that because people don't like it, don't don't like that about the current one. Um, so yeah, it ends up being a weird part of a weird package that I'm not really sure how I feel about.
0: I, I think this is going to be the first COD game that I don't get in uh, for Christmas in like the however many years since I, I i genuinely i'm not even interested yeah. to even touch it really
1: use point you can, you can totally wait and you know what like fucking who knows what's going to happen when it comes to call of duty and game pass you know down the line, yes any in a year's time if modern warfare 3 or some version of it ends up on game Pass, you you set aside three hours one afternoon <laughs> you, you you rush through the campaign on recruit difficulty just to see the cutscenes and have some semblance of where the story is and you get move on with your life
0: yeah yeah absolutely Um,
1: like, well, hey, put it this way as well, like, Warzone, which for some people is still the most engaging part of the Call of Duty formula, is still going to be free, and it's still going to get a big new update and a new season and a new map next month. Anyone who wants to know what Modern Warfare 3 feels like, what the Modern Warfare 3 guns are like, what Modern Warfare 3 is doing visually, and all these other things, you're going to see for free next month anyway. Like, they've almost done
0: the worst thing they could possibly do, which is to put out a really bad Call of Duty game at full price, and then like we said we've said before like what they don't want to do is end up just um moving all of their audience over to a free to play game um and not getting those t- yeah. those those uh box sales um from the actual game um from Call of Duty which is so what they really should not have done is put out such a mediocre low tier Call of Duty game but you know I agree we'll you know we'll see um anything else anything else to touch on
1: no that's it from me um uh, if you've got anything you want to share with the folks,
0: I will briefly mention the fact that I went to uh, see the creator in uh, yes. a cinema yesterday. Um, I popped out. I had a day off, so I went to the cinema all on my own, which I'm nice. which I love Very doing nice. sometimes.
1: Um, yeah did um, you uh, deep, did you deep throw a glizzy?
0: <laughs> did I what?
1: Did you deep throw a glizzy? Did you buy a hot dog?
0: No, I did not glizzy. Okay, nachos. <laughs> okay. I did. I did go
1: nachos. There you go. There you go. I, I figured you were a hot food at the cinema man, which is why I asked about the hot dogs. Uh,
0: I, I, I'm not big on hot dogs at the cinema. I'm, I'm more popcorn and nachos. But yeah, this was a nachos kind of day. Um, but no, I am. I'm a bit of a sci-fi fan, um, and I'd want to see the creator. I thought the trailer was fantastic. Um, film was decent. Was all right. Wasn't quite as up there as I was hoping. But I had some cool ideas. Some cool concepts. Um, I think it's one of those. That is more of a oh hey this really cool film is on Netflix sort of film. Uh, it's not okay. like a, It's not sort of a blow you away at this blow you away the cinema kind of deal. So um, you,
1: you did it didn't benefit from the the big screen and kind of the, the cinema experience and because it did look like a fairly big sort of audio visual spectacle or at least they tried to market it as one.
0: Kind of not. I don't think it, okay. it. It had some of that for sure and there are some really cool visuals and there are some nice touches. But I don't think I like, had I seen it in the IMAX, it wouldn't have like so um because so, yeah, yeah, some films are almost made for like IMAX and and like you say, audio visual like feast. But no, mm. I think this was this was a cool looking movie. It had some good ideas. Um I would put it on par with something like Ethereum, um but like look and style and and how it came across, which is again it was a cool <laughs> film. Cool sci-fi yeah. film, but not one that was kind of like going to blow anyone away i don't think uh, um by seeing it in that kind of place no something yeah something cool to watch on netflix at some point when it comes out um either re- what do i reckon like 6.5 out of 10 something mm-hmm.
1: like that that's, not bad i feel like that's like fairly in line with sort of the consensus at least from the critics that i saw i know that some audiences have really kind of gone behind it in an almost Elita battle angel esque way um
0: i would not put it as high up as Elite battle angel
1: okay Oh, it just seems it's like a good bit of a culty thing going on in the same way that film did, or that it maybe has the makings of a culty-ish film like Alita was.
0: Hmm. Okay, that'll be interesting to see how that develops. I would be surprised if it did. I don't think there's enough to it um, on the back end for it to kind of uh, grab an audience quite in the same way. Like, it's it's not as character-driven as Alita was, which I think... Interesting which i think is harder to keep people if it's more concept and it wasn't high level concept enough i think to um yeah to like keep sci-fi fans in that engaged it was kind of more simplistic than i thought it was going to be or but it but again the visuals were fantastic like it did look really when i say that i mean like the character designs and thing the way they did the ai was really cool um mm-hmm. but yeah nothing we haven't seen before particularly um okay but no it was a fun. It was a good time. It was a good cinema watch. Go yeah. to the cinema. Keep your cinemas alive. Go to Cineworld if you've got one near you before they go belly up.
1: Do you know what? I haven't been to the cinema in ages because what was prior to moving my local cinema shut down. Um I, I do yeah. now have they all are new local cinemas, but um I haven't uh I haven't found what is my local yet or my preferred uh, local yet from my new spot.
0: Fair enough. I think that's unfortunately. I think they're all going the way of the dodo, aren't they? Cinema, I thought are we were going to be yeah, canned or something. Oh, don't She's say a, oh, that. Shame. I worked in a cinema. I met my wife in a cinema. I've had an unlimited card for like twelve years. Like it's, you know, it makes me sad. But there we go. Wow,
1: Jonesy, Mister Cinema. Some people call him.
0: And I don't, but I don't get to go anywhere near enough. I actually, I went the other day as well because I saw the new Paw Patrol movie with with my youngest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not necessarily the kind of the cinema
1: experience that you're going to miss, I'm sure, if the cinemas did did fall by the wayside. But still, an experience nonetheless.
0: An experience nonetheless. Um, But no, moving on, let's talk about some other experiences, Jamie. Um, because we now have the nominations for the uh, Game of the Year uh, awards from the Game Awards. Um, and those games were experiences, to be sure, which is why they're up there which is why they've been voted um, the potential Game of the Year games, Uh, would you like me to tell you what the games are? Because I'm sure you don't. Yes, please. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've got no idea. (laughs) Uh, So, Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom are the games which have been nominated for the best games of 2023.
1: Okay. Do you know what? Like... If you'd if you'd asked me to predict which six games would get nominated prior to the nominations being announced, I'm not sure I would have got it hundred percent correct, but I think I would have got it there or thereabouts. Um, Just based purely on sort of like critical consensus and what a lot of the chatter around certain games was leading into, leading into uh, well the announcements, and I think it's also telling that. I don't know if you will disagree with me. There's certainly one game we need to discuss and maybe whether or not it falls into this character. Team, but I don't know that there are any massive snubs. Like, I know some people, like... No you snubs? Felt like people... No big snubs. Well, like, no big snubs. All the games that I can think of, and this one that I know that you... That, you you're you you're doing the Starfield face, aren't you? I'm doing the Starfield face. I... See... I don't think I don't think it's a, the the further we've got removed from Starfield the less I think it's a snub. that's just and I that, kind I, of I, agree I, with cr- you. clearly I'm not clearly I'm not on my own
0: yeah I I kind of agree with you so I, and I think um so when we actually like look at the broader nominations for like, all the other categories um there were two games yeah. which kind of dominated uh through and through the nominations so Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 have both been um, nominated eight times Uh, And they've both been nominated for, obviously, Game of the Year, but also Best Game Direction and Best Narrative. And I do think, um, obviously, when you consider Starfield and then you consider the reception of Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2, there is a palpable difference between how those three games have been received. Starfield has kind of had this... It had a, a fairly good response that kind of then unfortunately dwindled a little bit but no we're still doing pretty well but then like i think a lot of people have had the reaction you've had which is in the subsequent months it's almost been a little bit like turned lukewarm for even some people that were kind of fairly hot on it um whereas i I do think yeah Baldur's gate 3 has like been hot since it came out and alan wake 2 has always blown people away um even though it's all very fresh um so sometimes that
1: helps though as well like how many people were playing alan wake 2 or had just finished it when they were filling out their ballots you know (laughs) probably (laughs) pretty helpful
0: Nah, yeah, 100%. You've got to imagine that, that that some companies might even time games when they're released and knowing that might be the case. Maybe, maybe. I you um, I, I, I suppose you're right. Starfield wasn't necessarily a snub. I'm trying to think of if there are any other games. I I did see some people suggesting that the reason Hogwarts Legacy was not included in the nominations was because um, that the controversy surrounding J.K. Rowling, obviously... Um, but then people saying that that was maybe unfair to the people that actually produced the game, like porthole uh porthole, port key games. Port key games. Oh god. Porthole, um, port-hole- I, Key
1: Games I, or Port-key? I'll, I'll, Port-key? I'll look Port-key it up. Games? I'll look it up. porky Key Games. Port-key. No, it's um is it? Well, the, the, the the lead studio was uh Avalanche Software um and uh it was published by Porky Games. A published um, by Porky uh, Games. Uh, yeah, there, it was like a, a, a label under
0: Warner Brothers Games. Right. Um, yeah, so I saw some people saying that that was a snob, possibly. A uh, snob? A snub, possibly, because um, a, a controversy is sort of surrounding it, which which meant that it wasn't nominated. But then, uh, but I wondered to see who it knocks out of that list if you wanted to try and include Hogwarts. Yeah.
1: I mean, for me, it doesn't knock any of those games out of their list. Even, you know, having not played Baldur's Gate 3 or Super Mario Brothers Wonder, or it is like, again, even if you just go on something like as black and white as Metacritic, it just it just didn't do... It wasn't as hot as any of those games. Where I think it is a little bit more noticeable is when you get into the, the nitty-gritty of some of the other categories. Um, and, for example you know we, we we you and i were talking before about how Starfield is of course included in the best RPG section yes um there's a best action game section which has games like Dead Island 2 and Remnant 2 in it games that were kind of like on the positive side of like what what one might nowadays call middling receptions um there's an, like same same in the action adventure category where things like Star Wars Jedi Survivor uh, get a look I think when you consider the fact that Hogwarts Legacy didn't get a look in either of those two departments, um, and then also, like, wasn't in the lookout for... And again, I'm not saying it should have been, but wasn't in the conversation for audio design or score music or art direction or anything like that. And then you remember that the nominations for the Game Awards are determined um, 90% by, you know, polling and balloting by games journalists, and you do start to wonder if it was just... Like how, some people would have forgotten about it or not voted for it, even if I was one of those people, I'm, that may well have happened. Um, I didn't end up feeling that hot on Hogwarts Legacy by the time I'd—I well, didn't even finish it. I just put it to one side. Um, but I can see why some people are kind of leaning into the slightly more conspiracy-fueled angle of, hey, you know, if you ask the writing staff of Kotaku to fill out a ballot for the Game Awards, of course Hogwarts Legacy is not being nominated for an award. I don't particularly care to wade too much into those waters. I think things get really, really kind of messy, um, and the lines get blurred between like what's a what's an indictment of a game's quality and what's a political statement. But yeah, just the, that's just the way the internet works nowadays.
0: I, I I agree. I don't think it was a snub from the game of the year perspective. I, I mean the fact that it wasn't nominated, I, mean, I do think that is, baffling. I, I don't like specifically I'm not going to say it should have it should have like you know been nominated this or it should have been nominated that but when you I think when we consider what we maybe thought Hogwarts legacy was going to be and actually what it was I think they did a fantastic job with that game like I it wasn't perfect and I, I do think the story for example like dragged by the time you got to the end I do think that um some of, what, uh, some of what you're doing in it does get quite repetitive but I I think for example like I, I don't have the full list of um uh oh no yes i do because someone called jamie who's amazing has actually i me
1: mean, like, i've got it up as well if you if you, it's f- easier
0: well i was trying to think what um what air what i think it should have been nominated for um possibly even, i like, mean should have actually that you maybe even could have won so i was just gonna have a quick um i don't see, i don't I, remember I, I, art direction me. art direction very possibly I would have said maybe yeah,
1: I was oh yeah I was also looking at like score and music or audio yeah. design like again I'd have to go back to it and remind myself of its particular qualities in those departments but it would like wouldn't have shocked me if like I feel I don't know I don't know. I mean it is, it is It's it's tr- when you're talking about I was going to say when you're talking about I think it, the problem is it technically I think falls more into the action adventure category than action yeah I would agree and and. When you're looking at that, that's a really tough category. Where obviously, Alan Wake, Two, Spider-Man, Two, Resident Evil Four, and Tears of the Kingdom were all Game of the Year nominees. So really, the only thing it could usurp from that list is Jedi Survivor. And I do think Jedi Survivor is the better game.
0: I uh, see. I would, I would go the, I would counter that, and I would say I think Hogwarts Legacy beats Jedi Survivor into um, okay. adventure. But but like, I'm with you, and it is it is a it is not a it's, it's not a sure thing. Right, right, yeah. Oh, best adaptation.
1: Yeah, that's a weird, weird, uh, weird category, right? I mean, it. I feel,
0: I feel like that has to go to. Oh, sorry, just that TV. Oh, I yeah, thought, that's all oh, uh, oh, right. right, right. I, I thought maybe yeah, that, the other way around. I thought was that like something else to a game. With obviously Hogwarts Legacy, but no, no,
1: that's no, the inverse. no, no, no. It's it's it is the inverse. It's a which um, TV show or film from the you know the best TV show or film adapted from a video game. Which again, I think there's probably only one winner there. Um, Mario, surely? No, it's The Last of Us. No, Mario. I, I mean, you what? Adjo- I really like Mario. I had a yeah. great time with that movie, but The Last of Us sweeps that. I'm afraid, Jersey. I, I you don't have cl- to agree with it, but
0: <laughs> yeah, you it will agree with it. Um, yeah. I was a. Li- I like The Last of Us, but I was. It wasn't as. It didn't blow me away as much as I was hoping it would. Um, I think for me, the game. Is a lot better than the show. Uh, whereas I think Super Mario Bros. movie was was I wasn't sure they were going to pull that off in quite such, you know. there will be Super Mario Bros. movie? I mean, look, look at the last Super Mario Bros. movie. What were we were talking about? Super Mario Bros. wins that category. You, you've it, taken. I mean, the last, doesn't, us, doesn't, the last of us. The last of us is an adaptation, which is basically a shot-for-shot shot remake of a of a very narrative. Um, like if you think well there was a shot for
1: shot game. remake Then you either didn't watch the show or haven't played the game
0: uh, Not Okay, not shot for shot But it could have been like a No goal cool at that Fucking <laughs> okay, alright Okay, but it was a it was a very Closely matched Like TV show to video game Almost in the sense of like uh, when you get a comic book, which which they take and they massively take inspiration to make a film or something. Oh, this film's fantastic! And then you look at the comic book and go, oh, okay, so the comic book did all the heavy lifting for them. I feel like Super Mario Bros. movie should get a bit more love than you're giving it right now.
1: I, I, I hate. I give Super Mario Brothers movie plenty of love. That's the, the 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 second place in that category for me. But it was a it was a fine kids movie that I wanted to be better, more cohesive, and funnier. Um, whereas, you know, The Last of Us was, you know, we've been talking for for decades about why are video game adaptations so bad? And why do people keep trying to condense these gigantic and sprawling stories into 90 minute movies? And someone said, all right, we'll stop. HBO stepped up and made one of the better better seasons of television of the entire year. My mum watched a TV show based off a video game. and that me that makes it that
0: makes it win for me. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm one of the few people there who kind of was a little bit. I don't know. I thought it was a bit of a damp squib. Like I, I, I liked it, and I liked what they did. But like the the best stuff was like the shot for shot almost stuff that I was like, oh yeah, this is bringing. But do you know why it was so good because it brought back, um, it brought back sort of memories of playing the game, and that's why I think I really liked it. But then the stuff where it maybe. It was a, I don't know. I don't know. It just left me feeling a bit like, okay, yeah, that was good. Back that was to good. each their own, eh? Yeah, well, hopefully. Hopefully when they pull it back with season two and everyone out <laughs> raging. Uh, and it Oof. can jump.
1: Heaven help them, James. Heaven help them.
0: Hey, there we go. And it'll be... We'll win me back. I'll be like, Abby's is... my favourite character. Do
1: you know what? The, the strike's over now. So I wonder if we are uh, close to getting our Abby. Oh, I would... I, I, no one's going to
0: want to be it. Because they're just going to get abuse someone will be uh, jonesy i would be abby if they asked me nicely And if it'll someone who doesn't know who will be it'll be that rachel ziegler is it who uh oh, everyone hates God. because she's um what, what did she do wrong she, uh she said the snow white and the seven dwarves was dated because the prince saves snow white and that that's like an old-fashioned way of doing things and now she kind of saves herself and it was like it was people got really mad because they were like Why you can't have anything as like traditional as it used to be nowadays? You're trying to win, like fix everything, and I think people got annoyed. Um, Okay, (laughs) I think that's what it was.
1: Summer sign. That sounds. No, that that sounds believable. That sounds very. That sounds very insane. Twenty twenty three.
0: Um, something which is maybe quite surprising, going back to nominations, is the fact that Nintendo, who of course we love, has fifteen nominations. Um, Sony has thirteen nominations. Very well done, Sony. Um, and Microsoft, who now own everything, uh, only have ten. A bad year for them, if we're just looking at that?
1: I mean, yeah, a pretty rough year for them, especially when you consider that, obviously, as we discussed, Starfield only got one nomination. I think that would be considered um, a disappointment. I think, like, uh, as the year has rolled on, the temperature, things have really cooled on the Diablo 4 front. Diablo 4 has got a couple of nominations, I think. It's in it's in a, the Best Multiplayer section, and I think it might have popped up somewhere else. I can't remember exactly. Maybe like Best Ongoing or something like that. Um, and so when you look at where Microsoft's nominations um, actually come from, um, yeah, uh, I guess it's a, it's, a, it's not necessarily a year to remember, with the exception of, of Hi-Fi Rush, which was one of my favorite games of the year. Um, and I'm glad it has um, had its flowers in certain categories, especially when it comes to the, like, the audio design and the score and music categories, because, I mean, I've been a big um, proponent for or, or clever use of licensed music in in video games in the past, um, and Hi-Fi Rush was that in a nutshell for me this year, so I'm glad uh, that's been acknowledged, uh, especially, uh, again, Hi-Fi Rush in the, in the uh, art direction category as well, perfect fit, one of the best-looking games of the entire year. Um, so... And that's a positive, and that's a reminder of the kind of things that Xbox can look forward to having up their sleeve in the years to come. Um, I'd say of, of, of broader concern will be the the large-scale, not misfires, but I think probably disappointments of Starfield. Like, I think there may well be people at Bethesda and Xbox who are like, ah, do you know what? We're happy Starfield came out. We're cool with the game it was. We accept it for what it was. But it would be... It would have been nice to have been in that conversation because who wouldn't want to be there?
0: Yes, no, absolutely, and I, it must be difficult when it's, um, you know, if you're not nominated and, and you were really behind something. And I'm, I'm sure Microsoft will be happy with um, and Xbox, particularly. I should say, will be happy with um, Starfield. And you, and you can't be everything to everyone. And you, you, they put out a very good video game, and they did get one nomination. So you know, they did. They did. Um, they did. For, for clarity, I'm going to read out Rodrigo's comment because he said, "This is what Rachel Ziegler said." Uh she said the princess don't need no saving. She's a girl boss. She said it's about her being the leader and her dad told her she was all she always could be. So there you
1: go, which is pretty much what we said. And people people get angry that oh, someone said that.
0: Uh, loads of people got angry and went mental and complained.
1: <laughs> Do you know what? Like there's a lot going on in the world right now. People need to find more important things to get angry about. And it's not hard to look. Like to you don't know, have to look very far to to find things.
0: Jamie, I think you are not giving enough time to the uh Dyed in the Wall hardcore Snow White and the Seven Dwarf fans out there who were really excited about this remake and were really looking forward to it. Couldn't wait. And she is stomped on their dreams. So
1: Yes. In fact when I picture the the, the, the day one audience for the the Snow White, long awaited, highly anticipated theatrical release, all I see are a flock of thirty something year old white men with beards. That was exactly what I had in mind.
0: I would love it if that's who the who the audience were. They does get weird these days. Like people talk about Disney films and their um, and you think, aren't you like over the age of twenty? I actually even like maybe over the age of thirteen it's like, do you care? Yeah, like
1: Dozy. To go back to what we talked about earlier, I didn't see the Super Mario Brothers movie in the cinema because I was like would that look weird if I went to the cinema for the, that's a kids film I did yeah but it. you so had tiny you, people you had with kids me. to take exactly I don't have any tiny people to take
0: see well, I, I I, get I suppose the, maybe this maybe this uh, Snow White one is a little different because it sounds like she's sla- slagging off the original so you could have people who were fans of then the original also, so what but then, well, then you could be annoyed then you could be like oh she's a dick because I like the original she's slagging off something I liked that to me makes more sense than the people that get annoyed about the new films like, they haven't done this right. I w- I didn't like the new Aladdin, because it wasn't nowhere near as good as the original, but that didn't annoy me, because I still like the original Aladdin. And they didn't say, yeah. the original Aladdin's crap. They just made a new Aladdin, and I'm like, alright.
1: Exactly, We did what most rational people should do, which is that you just accepted something came out that you didn't like, and you got on with your life.
0: I d- Although, I will say, I do get annoyed every time one of my kids asks Alexa to play... And Aladdin song, and it plays a Will Smith version instead okay, of yeah. a um, uh, Robin Williams. Rob, Robin Williams.
1: How that, dare that, that, she? that is justifiable. That is justifiable. Dash. A lecture should have a priority straight.
0: And sometimes you say no, play the 1996 version, and she just doesn't. And then you have to smash her to pieces and find her on YouTube.
1: Bitch. Bitch.
0: That's um, ruining Aladdin to the rest of us. Absolutely, just ruin it. Robin Williams is the man. Um, I've completely lost track with where I was going. To I yeah, this well, I think, I I think I that's I pretty much it. To be fair, I think we've sort of covered the. Yeah, good. I, 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 oh, I remember, I, I, remember. I remember. Let me circle back. Oh, I've, I've, my brain's. Gone. Yeah, do it, do it. Um, so one of the most exciting categories, which I think you agree with uh, me on that, because you've actually listed it here. Um, is indie, um, indie games, and also this has re reignited a little bit of a debate about what actually constitutes uh, an indie game, because so for this year the nominations of indie games we've got. Uh, Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. Um, I have not played any of them. I know you've at least played Cocoon and Dave the Diver. Um, But one of the issues people have is Dave the Diver was made by mint rocket who was owned by a korean conglomerate nexon so technically are they an indie and this is the debate has come back about what is an indie game and i can't for the life of me remember who said it but effectively i saw on x someone saying no an indie game is more about style and feel and doesn't actually have anything to do with the makeup of the company or how the game is released that is obviously wrong um so (laughs) i said that in fact is it i saw someone replied to that saying so hang on
1: a second if Naughty Dog announced that they had like a te- they'd put, set aside a ten man team to make like a pixelated side scrolling, a, yeah, you'd think yeah. it was an indie game. And the person was like,
0: "Yes," and I was like, "No." Well, no. well, no, no. that is not an in- like. I, I to me the problem with that is, um, you know, if if you want me to look at if you want me to consider an indie game, it needs the whole point of it being an indie game is that it's it's stunning that a small team with little support. Managed to put something together. I would be happy with limiting, with, with sort of saying indie game is any tea, or is any uh, company who've developed it under a certain number of people. And if you said, and do you know what? I'd even maybe put a cap on the amount of money spent on the game, for example. I don't, I don't know where that would be. That would yeah. make more sense to me. But, but again, I have the same problem because if you said to me, Naughty Dog had a million quid and five people and they made this game, I'd still be like, yeah, but then Naughty Dog.
1: Well, yes, and especially if it being made by Naughty Dog meant that it was published by PlayStation Studios, or you know, whatever it ended up being, because then it's like, yeah, you're very much, you know, there's some talk on the the Game Wars website about games being published outside of the traditional systems or the traditional, you know, publishing avenues. That that would be a case of it very much being inside of those systems and those avenues. But then you get into weird things of you know, major publishers having smaller independent publishing arms and sort of things like that where like companies within companies where like all our small pub or small games are published by this team right um and all the- and it does get very messy and I I wish we were at a time where we could be as transparent as as you know films are for example about budgets and things like that but that doesn't ever seem like it's going to happen ed count is also like a with weird- I just think that like I basically I think it's complicated enough and I think there are enough sort of like weird tendrils, the sp- spin-off of this thing, that I actually don't think we should overthink the category that much. I just think we should try and rem- remind ourselves what is at the heart of this category, what we're actually trying to celebrate at the heart of it all. And if, when we look at something like Dave the Diver, whether it's because of how much money Nixon were able to put into development of it, whether it's because of the degree to which MidRocket were able to staff up, and so on and so forth, And and we end up thinking actually they no longer sort of like fit the message of this or or like that you get like I said the heart of this category then yeah take them off but then I don't know anything about Mint Rocket and yes they're owned by a multi billion dollar conglomerate but like Mint Rocket you could tell me Mint Rocket was still like a sixteen person team. In France that operated completely independently they just happened to have their wages paid by a con- Korean, con- Korean conglomerate and then I kind of think oh well then maybe it's a bit harsh to you know take them out of that category which is why to go back to what I said I th- I think it's just too multifaceted to ever get a an answer that satisfies everyone and every criteria you just got to try and keep the heart and the meaning and the message of that cat the reason that category exists the reason you want to celebrate those pieces of work Keep that in mind and try and find games that embody that message.
0: I've, I've solved it, mate. You're only allowed Perfect. games that are published by Annapurna Interactive or Devolver Digital.
1: Perfect. Category. Sword. They are they are the only indie games that I play anyway, because I am a
0: I'm a I'm a Champagne Indiist. <laughs> so say so go. Fixed. But no, no, that is it is very difficult, and I think yeah, I I, I don't. It's it's funny. It's, I can't remember who said it. Was it one of the um, Supreme Court justices in America who said, "I don't." I think he was talking about porn. Who said, um, uh, "I can't define it, but I know it when I see it." And I think that's that's kind of how we go with indie games at the moment. It's like we can't necessarily define them, but we know them when we see them. <laughs> and like that's that's, how that's how it not works. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Oh well. Okay. I I, I think
1: though for hogwarts starfield and the definition of the word indie to be the biggest controversies coming out of the game awards this entire set of nominations that jeff's done okay
0: he's he's definitely done okay and the biggest controversy will always be what he's wearing on his feet on the night so that uh, i just hope it's shiny i hope it's shiny and it'll also be the drunken weird <laughs> um appearance by a celebrity who really shouldn't be who looks like they're not sure why they're there
1: Oh yeah, and well, and also the—I uh, can't believe I'm talking to these illiterate people. Nintendo books. I, I want that guy back. Nathan I want him books. to present an award. Can you? Name I want. I want him to. I want him to pr- as I set up the GTA 6 trailer. Oh, do you read? <laughs> Named
0: Nintendo books. This is the trailer for. I can't do his voice. You were doing back. really well until you kind of went a bit arny at the end there. Do, really, I, I tell you what's funny about that video is is I feel really sorry for the uh the girl, except when he she then tries to be like Game of Thrones or the Game of Thrones book and he's absolutely right those are not called Game it's of Thrones. It's not called Game of Thrones, no. yeah. So yeah, then he then he knows that and he nails her for it. Damn.
1: Yeah. Don't fuck with she's definitely read all
0: the French yeah. kids. He's definitely read she's definitely read anyway. Don't care how many books. She's
1: yeah, but it's like, it, because there was another video that went viral last week of someone being stopped on the street, and it was a guy who just said, name a book, and put a microphone in his face. He was just like, ah. The uh, Bible. Uh, no, it doesn't even say the Bible, but just like genuinely is paralyzed by the question. And it's you. I think you're absolutely right. We all do the name of loads of books, but sometimes, wrong place, wrong time, you're like,
0: ah, name a book. Um, I could name one off the top of my head every time. It's always the same book. Name a book. The Hollow Chocolate Bunnies of the Apocalypse by Robert Rankin. Fantastic book. Love it. Hey, move on with the podcast, please. <laughs> Read it. It's great. Anyway. Um, no. Anyway, our next new story is uh, something for the PC gamers out there who are going to get. Already, we're very excited, to be fair, at the prospect of the Steam Deck, even if they maybe couldn't afford one. But the Steam Deck is dropping a new version. We're talking OLED Steam Deck, which has been announced by Valve um to the excitement of many. Um is simply called the Steam Deck OLED. Uh the new version is gonna be a uh 256 gig version. Um hold on, no, I'm getting this wrong. The new version is gonna be released alongside a new 256 gig version of the L C D model. Um so the OLED is gonna be the it's gonna be the I don't know. Is that now gonna be like the they're gonna is that going
1: to be so, the so basically what they're going to do?
0: pro version is they effectively, it's just they've got a better screen. It's not actually anything else except the OLED display, which is going
1: to. The, be, the, the, there are well, there are actually that's the other thing. There are a couple of other things. So it is an OLED dis- screen that is slightly bigger. There's um, improved Wi-Fi, a better battery, better thermals. It's
0: slightly I sh- lighter. I should have just read the bullet points you gave me off the uh, about well the Steam Deck, shouldn't I? That probably yeah. But helped. sometimes you don't know which bullet point is going to actually
1: come with the information that you need at any one time. I recommend anyone interested watch Digital Foundry's video after you finish (laughs) this podcast. Um, Just switch over uh, now. No, 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 because they've got a breakdown of all the kind of um, improvements that Valve aren't screaming about. But I guess the key thing, Josie, is that fundamentally under the hood, this thing is, as, as with the Switch OLED, this is not more, or at least it's not being advertised as or described as being more powerful.
0: Okay. Um, I was only joking. I know everything about this, so let me break it down for you. So, according to Valve, uh, the 64 gig and the 512 gig versions of the LCD model are going to be phased out, meaning that in the future you will have three different options. So, you will have a 256 gig LCD model, which is going to retail for about sort of four hundred dollars. Um, you're going to have a 512 gig OLED model. Which is going to retail for five hundred and fifty dollars, and you're going to have a one terabyte OLED model, which is going to retail for uh, six hundred and fifty dollars. Um, so they're effectively going, hey, get rid of what we were doing, bring in this new system. Um, with those with those three, do any of them immediately jump out at you as being like the uh, the one to aim for the uh, the best deal of the lot? Well,
1: it's difficult because the, the I remember when the original Steam Deck came out. Uh, A lot of people were talking about the affordability um, of expandable storage and how you could run a bunch of shit just off SD cards. And people saying, "Hey, actually, you can get away with getting a 64 gigabyte Steam Deck and just having all of your games on, you know, on removable or or, uh, storage." Um, Obviously, the 64 gigabyte no longer exists, and if you get the 256 gigabyte LC model, you're now no longer getting what the new thing is. So. Realistically, I think now, from, I I, I would suggest that anyone going into the Steam Deck at this point, or obviously for the next two to three years, although maybe be wary by that time with towards the tail end of that time frame about the future of the Steam Deck, you've got to go for the OLED model and you just have to determine whether or not that extra $100 to double the the capacity makes sense for you financially speaking. Um and and I, from what I understand, like the the phasing out of the older models is going to be quite literal. Like it's going to be one of those things where when the the capacity or the stock they've got for them are gone, these three will be the only viable options. And I just don't see why, even you know if you know four hundred dollars is kind of the perfect price point for you, just going in on the LCD model at this point. Just I don't know. I I just think it would be worth. Pushing and saving up that extra one hundred fifty dollars or two hundred fifty dollars, whatever it is, if you can make it um, for the OLED bottle, because I've heard also very encouraging things about the screen. So, yeah,
0: I do think for the capacity and for the OLED, I yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think that it is a it is a lot, like five hundred fifty dollars, uh, so about four hundred eighty pounds is a lot for um uh you know is a bit of a jump, but at the same time, like. Is going to be kind of rough if you go for a two fifty six LED model, and then you're dropping four hundred dollars for that, and in three years' time, the Steam Deck two comes out, and you're kind of like, probably should have just eaten the extra hundred and fifty bucks, gone for the right. that that bigger model. I think you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna use that storage pretty easily, pretty quickly, aren't you? Um, yeah. And also, we should touch on so as, as you started to say, there there are some other improvements uh, to the OLED model as well. It's got a slightly larger seven point four inch display. Um, It's going to support HDR as well as other improvements. It's going to have Wi-Fi, which is improved from... um, It's going to have 6E instead of 5. It's got a 50-watt-hour battery instead of a 40-watt-hour battery. 30 grams lighter. Bag of crisps. Probably don't really care. Um, (laughs) It's also... gonna be No, sorry, that's about it. That's that's about all the updates we've got. Oh sorry, but also as you said, it's got updated thermals. That's what I was gonna say. Um so I'll make it I wrong. think
1: there are other so random could... things like you know the I think they're improving like the surface or the texture on the track pads and I think oh, okay. the thumb the thumbsticks are like one millimeter higher. It's all these kind of like really tiny things that they've probably noticed while they've had it in their hands for the last two years and gone. Ah uh, do you know what like this isn't worth saving for a Steam Deck too but if we're going to re version it, we might as well do this at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, but the screen, from what I understand, really is the killer app.
0: Yeah, and it, and it, it sounds like um, a, a good step to take if you're going to have to wait a few years before the next version. Like they're not doing something really annoying, like say, releasing a 0.5 or a pro version that's going to make you sort of um and R. Ah. I I think they are literally just saying, like, here's a slightly improved version that you, if you're going to buy one, hey, buy this one instead. Um, which does yeah. make sense uh they will be coming out or be available to order i should say on november the 16th um so you don't have to wait too long 10 a.m pacific time 5 p.m gmc um but yeah i still find it as a i totally get why people are into them i, I think for me they're still such a hefty price for something which i don't think mm-hmm. I would use yeah. enough um but it may, look fantastic if you've got if you've got a Steam library jam packed and you often find yourself out and about or in different situations, yeah, still a fantastic prospect of a handout.
1: Yeah, I think peas if, if, from our community, if memory serves as someone who like the for whom the Steam Deck just perfectly fits the lifestyle in terms of the volume of gaming that he can do handheld, and obviously having that Steam library, meaning that he already has access to, unknown. For some of us, it's going to be hundreds of games from day one. You know, that, that that's one of the cool things about the Steam Deck that's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, you know, obviously, I very much, as with the case of the Switch OLED, I very much doubt this is a, a new model that makes a whole bunch of people jump off the sofa and says, say, oh, do you know what, I've been, I was wondering what to do with my $650, and now I know, like, the audience for the Steam Deck is still largely going to stay the same. And a good portion of that audience, I think, will have already been served by the original Steam Deck. Um, But that's why I think they're doing it alongside the phasing out and not having two models. It's going to, I think this is just, in many respects, this is the new norm. That's why it's not, there's no dramatic price hike. The auto models are falling by the wayside. And this is just there for people who invest in the Steam Deck in the near future, or maybe a very small handful of people who want to re-up because... They have FOMO and trust me, Jonesy, I have massive FOMO and I don't know what to do.
0: <laughs> well, you've got to ask yourself, do you want to wait three years for a start? Uh, I feel like I can't. I I hate I hate, I hate not having cool things. I was gonna say, but even so, yeah, you've you've um it's not that you're waiting three years for a steam deck two because you didn't buy a steam deck one so maybe you wait three years. no i I have, I have a steam deck oh you do have a steam you did get a steam deck oh I you're did. saying you're saying you got foam over the oled version
1: yeah nah, but
0: i got my Ste- come on man yeah that's, that's madness. They,
1: see you you're absolutely the voice of reason right now but it's playing it's it haunting my dreams um which so, version you went
0: oh no i do because you went for the big boy didn't you i've got the i've got the big boy yeah um, um I do, of course I do remember. I was thinking it was Chris the ball one, but no, it was you the got one because I remember you Chris was really. it.
1: Chris, Chris was we were chatting in the in the week because obviously Chris pointed out how sexy this looked in our WhatsApp group and I um I recommended he he just he do it if you know, if the financial situation allows. Um but no, I I I'm in a bit of a weird situation where I don't know whether this is the right thing to say in a podcast. I'm trying to finagle my way to getting one as a like a replacement. Um, right but it's a very long story where um, where I have had a series of faults with all of my steam decks. the very first one I got sent, the second one I got sent and then the repair on the second one have always basically had this horrible problem with the with one of the bumpers. Um, very unfortunate that two brand new um, uh, steam decks had the same problem out of the box, but they did. Um, and the repair helped, um, but the repair is wearing off. And so I've been talking to Steam support um, in the midst of the OLED being announced about what's going on. And they're like, okay, well, like, we can't, there's not a huge amount we can do. There's no trade in or upgrading system, obviously. So you send us a video of what the problem is. So the other day I filmed a video and like, here's what's going on. Here's what it sounds like. Here's how often it registers as a click. Here's what the right one is like, you know, just so you know, I'm not like a fucking idiot who breaks my bumpers after, you know, six months of use. And I got a reply today, ironically, being like, yeah, okay, it's up to you. We'll either, um, uh, we'll either uh, repair it or replace it. But the thing they're offering to replace it with is obviously what it is, which is a 512 gigabyte LCD. But as of the announcement of this, they're offering to replace it with a model that is soon to be phased out once all stock is gone. And also, because of the way that the pricing has changed, they're offering to replace something I spent like £570 on with something worth, as of this new announcement, 300 and something pounds. It's worth, like something that's dropped in price £200 because yep. it's been eventu- essentially replaced with a new model while it gets phased out. And so if- then it's all this weird stuff of like, if they run out of 512 gigabyte LCDs, do I become eligible for a... I was going to say, OLED- can you long it run- out? <laughs> Do Yeah, do, but then do I become eligible for an OLED, or do then I only become eligible for a repair? And if I become eligible for an OLED, which one is it? Because if they match it by size, then it's the five hundred and twelve. but if they match it by how much I paid, then it's the terabyte. And there are other things on the terabyte, like the terabyte one has an anti-glare screen, and Jonesy, this is why I've been losing sleep. And <laughs> I apologise for ranting, but I'm just in a bit of a weird situation right now with Steam support.
0: So you paid, how much did you pay for yours? Um, do you know what? Let me. I I I.
1: I, oh God, I, I can I can double check. I, I It was over five. It was closer to the five six nine price tag than the four seven nine price tag.
0: So, um, so potentially, then you would. I would guess that. Surely you could say, send me a OLED a five twelve gig OLED. I wish I could say that, but like, place like because surely you could ask for your money back. If, if you're like, this is a broken product and it hasn't worked the entire time, give me back my money. And they say, okay, we're really sorry. Here's your money back. Would you, well, like, val- honestly, would you yeah, like, like, like valve yeah. vouchers? And you go, yeah, sure. Chump me those valve vouchers. And then you you literally get off the phone and you immediately go on and buy yourself a 512 gig OLED. Maybe, maybe that's what I could say. I could say, well, hang on a second. You're
1: offering. I, I would take. I would take the replacement because I don't trust the repair process because the repair process didn't work last time. However, the replacement you're offering me is for a model that is soon to be phased out, and the and the result of it's currently being phased out is worth you know significantly less money than it was worth when I paid for it. The problem is I don't know what their refund policy is. I got mine
0: in March. I don't know whether I'm still. You know, March. Oh, March. Oh, dude, I don't even think you even have that conversation. If I'm you, so if I'm you, I say, give me my money back. And if they say, so uh, what do you mean? Go, you've sent me a broken product. You've you failed to rectify this issue multiple times. I want my money back.
1: So I, I paid five six nine pounds. Big so out. I paid the I paid the price of the one terabyte OLED for a broken five twelve LSD Get LCD. Get your money this year.
0: back. You uh, six a year. Tell them what, you want your money uh, back. It's broken. Say oi, it's broken. Give me my money back. And if they say, but hold on, we did say no. You've already replaced it once. It's still broken. And now your repair hasn't fixed they re- it. They replaced it and repaired it, and it's to be broken both times. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Get your money back, son, and then get yourself a one terabyte OLED when they come. So that's what I would be. I wouldn't even ask for anything else. I'd be going hard. Well, I think I'll give them the opportunity to no, do it for no, me. Don't- uh, don't give me no, because then I don't I need to wait for the. I don't need to wait for the money to come oh, back to my
1: counter. I'm like, if you want to swap this out for a one terabyte OLED, go for it. But if not, I want a full refund, and I'm buying one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't tell them that. I would say you can <laughs> either. I would say I tell you what, you can either give me a full refund. This has been atrocious, or you can for because it's the same price. You can send me a one terabyte OLED. That is the play. Everyone, stay tuned for this story because we're going to see what happens. Oh, Jamie, Jamie is going to get himself a one terabyte OLED because they have messed him around uh, and it is outrageous. And I, for one, you know what? will be tweeting about this Let know. I, I
1: felt, do you know what, this, I'm actually glad I brought this up because I, I felt, I didn't know whether or not, I didn't know how to feel about this situation prior to this, but you've actually made me feel... Somewhat more confident that maybe some of my consumer rights have been violated, and
0: Rodrigo in the chat saying, "Have Jonesy make the call for you." I will honestly. I'll, I'll dance like I, I, my, uh, I, I, temp- my son. For my son, I bought him. <laughs> it's tempting. This is outrageous. How dare you? We'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Record the call? Co- no, we won't. we have already get in trouble with some kind of like law about recording people when they don't know they've yeah. been recorded.
1: Well, that could it could mean we have a we have a, a hands on impression okay. of the. Steam OLED coming soon folks
0: so, so what watch this space this is it we're fighting Jamie's corner this is uh this is yeah customer i don't know what you call it like what did you say customer rights 101 send me my mate did actually my mate did that with a car he bought yeah. a um oh what did even i think he bought a mac e like the electric uh, is it is it Ford Mach-E Mustang thing or something? I can't remember. Or was it not a Mustang? It's like an electric one. He bought one. It turned up. It didn't work. He bought, so they replaced it with another one, and that didn't work. And he said, give me my money back. Um, I don't want your rubbish car. <laughs> they said, don't you want us to replace it? He went, he went no, give me my money back. And they Fair enough. They repaid him in full.
1: So, yeah. it, is a, it was an, the all-electric Ford Mustang Mach-E. Yeah,
0: that was it yeah he was not he was not impressed damn
1: that's a bummer as well that's because you know cars aren't cheap
0: no and yeah you got actually was he ended up uh he didn't even then go and buy another like new car he went and bought um uh i think he bought like a second-hand, cheapest chips car and then was like actually this thing's fine and i've saved myself like loads of money so yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe I do that. Maybe I get a full refund from the Steam Deck and just buy like a, a Switch Lite and call it a day.
0: <laughs> well, of course, the real play that the pros would make would be to wait until tomorrow, Jamie, and buy yourself a PlayStation Portal.
1: That is not a real move that anyone would make, pro or otherwise. In fact, that's the most unprofessional move that you could make. The only people giving positive reviews to the PlayStation Portal are sad little virgins that for some reason want to play their PlayStation 5 remotely in the same living room as their PlayStation 5 because they don't have the balls to tell their significant other that they deserve an equal amount of TV time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It wouldn't it wouldn't even work for me because my kids are on the PlayStation and I want to play like a different yeah. game. Also, like work.
1: arguing with a significant other is a different different prospect to arguing with kids. One you know, one of them can think about it rationally, the other less so. Um, I'll let the audience choose which one's which, but yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, let's move on to our final story of the day. Um, we'll make it a quick one because I've not got much to say about it. Uh, and this is the news that Nintendo are uh, officially making a live-action Zelda movie. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be making this film. Uh, it's going to be produced by Shigeru Miyamoto, uh, is, who's a representative director and fellow of Nintendo and um, veteran Hollywood producer Avi Arad, uh, who's the former chief creator officer at Marvel Entertainment. Um, I don't really think I could probably care that much less about a live-action Zelda movie, but for the Zelda fans, I'm psyched. I do think this sounds like a really cool one. Cool. I did to know what is similar is similar to when they made the um uh, the World of Warcraft film that Chris was really happy about.
1: Uh <laughs> I swear. Yeah. On. I'm I'm am I'm a bit hotter on Zelda than I am on Warcraft just because I've got more history of Zelda. Um then you know I don't know if this is a hot take or a bad take. I haven't seen enough discussion around this or chat to any of you guys enough to know. But like I'm slightly just weeded out by the fact and not that hot on the fact that it's live action. I think the animation, I know people are going to say like the Super Mario Brothers movie was animated and stuff like that, but I think it's like what we have to be careful not to do is look at animation as kind of like a one-lane thing. Animation can mean so much, and I think there are so many different, whether you're looking at like Spider-Verse or the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff or, you know, um, uh, like uh, what the the League of Legends-based TV show, um... On on Netflix, that's name and uh, the name. Its name escapes me. Animation is going in so many different directions and can mean so many different things that I think there was there's still the potential to make a really cool animated Legend of Zelda film that circumvents the issue of thinking like I don't know who the fuck they cast as Link, but if it really is some like, like Tom Robin Holland One. looking, well, that, that's the thing. Like you, twenty years to ago, go on the, keep it on the Spider Man theme. If it is some Tom Holland looking motherfucker, like. I think I will. People talk about Chris Pratt's voice being distracting in the Mario movie. <laughs> right. Imagine having, imagine having like a known celebrity's face in a Legend of Zelda movie. That's, oh, it, I just can't. Yeah, I just can't picture it. I guess is what I'm saying. And maybe that's on me. And if I, 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 do like the fact that when you read in sort of like the details about how this production's going down, Nintendo are making sure they are as involved as they, I'm sure, could theoretically be, given you know, that they don't have a history with or a background in film. Um, but still, that doesn't mean they can't fuck it up.
0: Very true. Um, what I find kind of funny about the idea of a Zelda film is, I've played Tears of the Kingdom and I've played Breath of the Wild. Um, I have no idea what that film will be about. All right, no it would idea. be like it will be like the
1: Mario movie, where it'll be like a generic mashup of all the ideas of the Zelda films. So, like, there will Zelda will be in it, and in you know, and and Ganondorf will be in it. And Link will be an otherwise unassuming villager who goes on some grand adventure and finds a very important sword and a very important shield. And it's being directed by um, Wes uh, what, what, uh, Yeah, the director and of the I, Maze Runner trilogy. And I think he's doing like the next chapter of the Apes films. And I watched the okay. trailer for that one the other day and I was like, OK, like that was an intriguing trailer.
0: The, May, the Maze Runner films are quite a, a fun, like a, a quite fun, quite good. I've, I enjoy them. They're not like you know, they're not the most the most amazing films ever, but um, he's directs well when you're talking about big fantastical stuff, you know, like big worlds with um, kind of crazy stuff going on. So, it kind of makes sense that they've um, gone for a director who's got a bit of pedigree with you know that sort of stuff. Um, the uh, go on.
1: I was gonna say, speaking of um, Maze Runner, I haven't seen it, but you'll have to tell me whether or not this is a good idea. When I Google um, to try and see what people who like who fans are casting as Link online, the guy who was I think in the Maze Runner films, but I know him better as the drummer from Love Actually, is being um, the British guy, very young kid in Love Actually who, oh, I in Love Actually, I, I been in, yeah, in Love Actually,
0: like the, yes. the, the guy who plays Liam Neeson's. Son, stepson. Uh, I was get confused because so I was actually so the main character from Maze Runner. Um, I would say actually would you said it and I was like hey, he would actually make a good link, but I now don't know how old he is. Um, but yeah, the 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 kid as you're talking about, the guy from Love Actually, is also in Maze Runner. Um, that's, yeah, that's why
1: I asked if you think he would be a a fit.
0: I can't. Oh, I don't. Like, do you know what? I haven't seen. I haven't seen the most recent Maze Runner. It, what's weird is both of those two guys, the main ca- the main guy from Maze Runner and that dude you're talking about, I, I'm going to have to look up their names, aren't I? Because this is horrendous. I'm saying I'm those guys. Um, but they, both of them actually, I think, would probably be pretty good um, cast for Link. I think
1: but the guy I'm talking about is Thomas Brody Sangster.
0: Thomas Brody Sangster?
1: Yeah that's the guy from love actually as so, Maze right now. and I think Game of Thrones okay so uh Dylan O'Brien is the um is the Dylan O'Brien I know who you're talking about okay I could I could yeah I, could say. I don't know how old again the problem is they're all older now aren't they because they, um <laughs> yes. Thomas is 33 and Dylan O'Brien is 32 um and in one of these pictures is a full-blown beard and, and immediately now it's like I can't picture being leaked
0: yeah now they'll, they'll just cast Ryan Gosling'll it be fine
1: do you know what? I would actually be in favour of that. but um, Don't ask me why.
0: I, they do have a bad sort of uh, rap movies for casting like much older people and being like, they're 14. And you're like, are they? Because they don't look it. But hey, you never know. Maybe they'll absolutely smash it out of the park and there'll be a, a casting that we don't even see coming and it's, it's phenomenal. Um, Mo- yeah, most of the casting in the Mario movie was really, really good. I didn't even mind Chris Pratt. I thought he was fine. Like, yeah, um, he even, I, You know, I'd like the little sort of bit they did at the beginning where they tricked you thinking he was going to do a Mario voice through the whole thing. And then he just goes, rolls back right into Chris Pratt. And you're like, okay.
1: Yeah, that that's very funny. Very yeah. funny.
0: Um, but no, I should just say uh, that the the film is going to be uh, co financed by Nintendo and Sony Pictures, um, which is going to be 50 50%, 50. So they're going to do um, half each. Um, and I have a quote. Who is the quote from? It's from, uh, I believe it's from Shigeru Miyamoto That would make sense Uh, He says, I have asked A.V. San to produce this film with me and we are now officially starting the development of the film with Nintendo itself heavily involved in the production It will take time until its completion but I hope you look forward to seeing it Um, Do you know what, I, I think they could do a really good job of it and actually put out something which is true to the games and true to the fans looks spectacular and has a cohesive storyline because the, there's so much to play with. It's quite a simple concept, right? It's like young knight boy fights for princess, and that's all they need. Yeah. To, that's that's if they cover that ground, they're kind of fine. And then, like you said, they can add in all the other stuff they want. They can draw all the other influences from all the other games, as long as they don't do something like crazy, weird, and wacky. And I hope see. I do hope there's a little bit of weirdness. I don't.
1: I, th- Some, I don't. I, I don't want things- them resting on their laurels in terms of how well the Nintendo simplicity translates into other mediums.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. I no. Agreed. Agreed. You don't want it. You don't want it to kind of end up being a bit like, oh, they could have done more of that. But then the I think the worlds in Zelda, the um, Zelda games, will do a hell of a lot of the heavy lifting. Kind of like the Maze Runner um, films. They they do so much of like creating sort of an amazing world. Then you just plonk the characters mm-hmm. into it. I don't think they necessarily need to be, you know, over the top of storytelling and things. Because I suppose the game, yeah. the games on that, you know,
1: story. No, usually, usually very. Su- I mean, Link doesn't even talk.
0: I, I hope they change that for the live-action film. I think they've got to. Or do they start off at the beginning by being having a weird excuse as to why he's mute?
1: His mouth got glued together by Agent
0: Smith. And they, that, that's all they say. Or they just know. They just do one, like we said, with sci-fi. They just go, are you mute? Don't worry about it. And then they just carry yeah, on. Yeah,
1: exactly. We can breeze over it now for the rest of the film.
0: The rest of the film, they don't say a word. Um, I think the last thing to say is... Um, uh, yeah, a last point you've added here for the about the film, which is Nintendo's first modern Hollywood production, the Super Mario Brothers movie, was a co-production between Illum- Illumination and Nintendo and has generated over $1.3 billion. So you've got to imagine the Nintendo are rubbing their little mitts together, hoping that they get another absolute yeah. stonker out of this.
1: And like I think success or failure, um, this Zelda project will not be the last of the uh, Nintendo IPs to be translated into other mediums, I think we'll continue to see. Obviously, them build on the success of Mario by making more Mario movies but spin like spin-offs from Mario like whether that's like Luigi or Donkey Kong or whoever the fuck you know gets neither Bowser even like we'll see that kind of stuff and then of course you know they end up going down the list of of other IP and you know we start getting I don't know Kirby films or fucking <laughs> yeah
0: I'm, I'm Metroid, there. I'll Metro be there for Prime all of it films. My kids will be dragging me to every single one of them. Yeah, there we go. Um, before we wrap it up, I realised that I left something out of my catch up I did want. for what was it? So you think you probably think now that I pulled a fast one on you, know, I've completed some weird game or something, but I haven't at all. Um, I finally, because it came out, I think I mentioned this last week, but I finally had the option or the chance, I should say to watch the very final three, I, I don't know, it's so hard how it actually breaks the uh, final three I know. episodes of Attack on Titan, um, which came out on the fourth, I believe it was, on Crunchyroll. I think it's been 10 years since that uh, anime has been going and it's been a long wait to get to the end and uh, to see what happens um, uh, in the final as well. I think it's been like a year ago or maybe even longer since the last three episodes came out for people that don't know the way with attack on Titan, they they were doing all the seasons and then they sort of did the they did this weird final season uh special part like one two and three and then there was a second part of that which was another three episodes and the whole thing was like an hour and a half long and i finally finished it and we had resolution and it's, it went to a really weird place uh, in the previous few episodes um that i was not expecting and it was f- like I'm talking friggin weird and i was wondering how the hell they put it back and make any kind of coherent you know finish but they yeah, did and they did do it they actually okay. they actually did manage to do it it is weird it wasn't what i was expecting but actually on reflection i'm like okay I can't really talk. Say too much about it because I don't want to ruin it for anyone who wants to see it who hasn't seen it. Um, they they do. When you think about it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's actually quite an interesting, cool way to wrap the whole thing up. Even if it was, even if it did go real wonky for like half a season of what the fuck are they doing? Um, yeah, but no. I'm, well, I'm I'm glad you got your ending, and I'm glad it was mostly satisfying it was mostly satisfying um it's oh, i'm oh, it sucks man I'd, i'm hey maybe i'll have to do a solo spoiler cast for uh attack yeah. on titan
1: you 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 are never having any i'm no, not going anywhere near that ever i'm afraid
0: <laughs> i don't think any of our audience would want to either i'll probably have to do it on my own channel and still nobody would care um but because you know what it's, it's Because was because I've, I've actually read some people talking about it and how i think some people have loads of people haven't and have done great breakdowns but some people I think have really misinterpreted how what the ending's supposed to mean and stuff and there's definite questions of like what? How How did that work? Like who's that person? How did, how did that finish up? Blah 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 But yeah very cool if you haven't seen Attack on Titan you can now sit down on Crunchyroll and you could watch the entire thing from start to finish you can watch over 10 years of anime and like 95 Ugh. episodes or something crazy um, and you could see Aaron Jaeger just like yelling at people like I don't know what to do here. Just like relentlessly shouting and screaming about everything. And it's fun. Go mental. It's the prospect of 10 years worth of anime. It kind of hurt my heart a little bit. It's, it's such a weird... Anime's... Well, I don't know if anime in general, I don't really watch most anime, but Attack on Titan is a weird ebb and flow as well. Like, nothing happens for ages, and then loads happens in like five minutes, and then nothing happens for like another three episodes, and then loads happens in five minutes. And you're kind of like... That doesn't sound like, like it makes for great watching. It kind of... it's not as well, the strange thing... It, they do a strange thing of... It feels like it's one long show. And actually, and they've put breaks in it so that you can stop and there's another episode. But actually, it feels like the whole thing is actually one long film that you could sit down for like 25 hours and watch the entire thing in one go. Kind of how it feels, which is weird.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend anyone do that. I'd, I'd Sleep in the middle, if anything
0: you'd need to sleep it's like the shows That's don't end rate, at the end of an episode it doesn't there's not like a cliffhanger the cliffhanger is often like in the middle of the show it's like it's the i don't know it's a very strange kind of pacing okay. and framing and everything but the story's weird yeah. I, I like the story i think it's strange but it's good and freaky and stuff so there you go but there you go well anyway end of an era end of an era thank you for um indulging me I own half of the Attack on Titan Funko Pops. I'm aiming to get the other.
1: Oh, Josie, I didn't realise oh. you'd gone down that rabbit hole as well. I have. You really are a lost cause. You're going to come back on next week and tell us you started. How... Well, I was the anime One Piece, not the Netflix One Piece.
0: No, I can't. There's isn't there a thousand episodes of
1: that? Yeah, that's why. That's why you and you're going to watch the You'll watch them all by <laughs> the podcast in four weeks' time.
0: My eyes will be bleeding. <laughs> Just yeah, a thousand episodes of month.
1: I've lost my job. I've lost my wife. But I've got some thoughts on One Piece.
0: Hey, there we go. Yeah. I have gone down the... the do you know why I haven't bought the other Attack on Titan Funko Pops? Is because they're all... Each one's about 300 quid. I'm not, I'm not oh, my that.
1: God. Jersey, please. I'm begging you, don't.
0: Oh, no, I... Uh, don't ever. I can't afford that. So I won't. Don't worry. Good. Honestly, my, good. My only possibility is that I stumble upon them somewhere a uh, like a, a car boot sale and someone doesn't realise they have worth. And I'm like oh, fiver me. Strange things have happened. All right. Five pounds sounds good. Anyway, with me boring everyone with anime talk that they didn't ask for and don't care about. Let me stick a fork in this podcast for another week. Thank you for joining us for episode one hundred and eighty eight of the super show podcast. Um, you can catch us on uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify if you would like to listen to us instead of watching us. And you can also grab us on YouTube or at Twitter at Super Show Pod if you listen to us and you would like to see us. Um, also, shout out to paisleyradio.com. You can check us out there, as we said before. But apart from that, I haven't really got anything else to say except thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone in chat. Uh, shout out to everyone who dropped an F for Chris um, when uh, <laughs> we were talking about Chris leaving a few months ago. Um, R.O.P. indeed, RIP RIP Chris. Um, and hopefully, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna give her like a time frame, but hopefully he'll be able to join us at some point for a special, um, a special edition. Maybe he'll pull his finger out at some point. Maybe something around the holiday season as a little sort of a little treat, a little bonus, a little prezi for the audience. Sure. That'd be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. We'll see Present what
1: happens for us as well.
0: Present for us, indeed. Yeah, we'll um, we'll see what happens, and we'll let you guys know. Cheers, everybody. Uh, we will see you again next week. Bye.
1: Bye.